0: on our countdown toward a new decade, toward the Roaring Twenties, I'm Joe Salcihi, Average Joe Money on Twitter, and across the card table from me, Mr. OG. You're looking a little hungry, man.
2: Hungry is the right word, but yes,
0: it is. Mom gonna make it is me a little Christmas pasta. Mmm, that smells. sounds so good. It's very good. Yeah, why does Mom make this stuff? Because I'm on the diet. So you sit, and, and by the way, you don't have to stare at me the whole time you eat it either. Just want to. Throw that out there. It's not my fault. And also, you should think about how much of that, exercise more. You should think about how much of that stuff you eat too, because kind of makes you a little gassy. Just saying.
2: Not true. Very but, true. Um,
0: Nobody they can't smell through the radio. I have to sit across from you, so I'm glad we're that recording is this first. Eucalyptus
2: that you're smelling. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, the, the, it, it goes right through you. The native goes right through you.
2: You're not supposed to eat it.
0: It's not a side dish. Hey, we've got a great show for you today. 2017, we're up to now. And we asked Today Show Money Editor and our good friend, Jean Chetsky if she would share with us her biggest lessons from 2017. Also, a horrible thing. We have another friend who appears on this episode, Jamie Wise from The Buzz Index, And this is a story, OG, that we've seen a lot with some of these small ETFs. That ETF did nothing but make money over the years that it was alive. And because of the
2: it never got any traction,
0: it couldn't get any traction. I was so happy with the buzz index. Uh, Jamie was always great radio. Uh, That's so you're going to hear a blast from the past. And if you think, hey, buzz index, how do I get some of that? Where were you in 2017? So here we go. You, me, Jamie Wise, Gene Chatsky, let's roll on. What should we have learned in 2017?
3: Ah, uh, fragile.
4: That must be Italian. Well, I think that
3: says
4: fragile, honey. Oh, yeah. Live from the place where we're recovering from eight crazy nights, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. Hey there, holiday money fans. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, and I keep getting compliments for the best ugly Christmas sweater ever. But I don't even own an ugly Christmas sweater. I don't know what these people are talking about. I got this sweet sweater at The Gap. Well, luckily, I'm still in a good mood anyway, because today we welcome to the show with the top five money lessons we should have learned from the events of 2017, today's show money editor, Gene Chatsky. Also, we'll talk about the big Disney 20th century Fox deal and social media with the man behind the buzz index, Jamie Wise. Also in headlines, rich people hire lots of help, but what does it cost? What does that have to do with your money? We'll share that and more. Plus we'll throw out the Haven lifeline to a lucky listener, answer your letters and top it all off with what? Yeah, You're darn right. My trivia. And now, two guys who live for Chex Mix and holiday cookies, Joe and i I'm
0: all about the Chex Mix, man.
2: I don't particularly care for Chex Mix unless it's dunked in chocolate. I'll take that. Oh, But the cookies, Mrs. O-G made our Biscoff Hershey Kisses cookies. Mm. Oh, my gosh. They're like peanut butter blossoms. But with Biscoff, you have no idea.
0: I don't like the Chex Mix when you buy it at the store. But if you yeah. had mom's Chex Mix before, it's well, am- sure. it's amazing. I mean, the, she like doubles down on the garlic and the salt and gets <laughs> rid of all the crappy stuff that they put in the Chex Mix and puts more nuts in it, which, of course. I was just going to a-
2: say, it's got way less salt and MSG in it right. <laughs> than the stuff in the store. <laughs> right. And you're like, it doubles down.
0: on. The <laughs> oh, no, she she goes for more. <laughs>
2: that (laughs) explains what i'm smelling from across the table yeah it is garlic breath
0: hey everybody welcome to another mid-holiday episode of the stacky benjamin show i am joe Sal hi average joe money on twitter and i'll second what uh, doug said to those of you who just got done celebrating eight crazy nights now you're relaxing with us and for those of you ramping up to christmas you got just a few days left. So, uh right uh, midway, midway but through the holiday
2: countdown.
0: holiday season. Across the card table from me the one and only OG singing uh Europe, which that's your favorite song, isn't it?
2: It is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I say I sing it all the
0: time. Yeah. You know what else you sing about OG and that's buying real estate in December because if you think about it, the best time if you're going to go buy a rental house is the time when Everybody else is thinking about something else. You've got less competition. You've got motivated sellers. And that means that if you're worried about diversification and passive income, how about an investment that combines both of them? Have you ever heard of Roofstock? Roofstock's online marketplace makes it easier to buy, sell, and best of all, own tenant-occupied properties in top rail markets across the country. Whether it's your first time or you're a seasoned pro, all of Roofstock certified properties are inspected in person so you know they're in good condition, they have reliable tenants in place, and you can start earning monthly rental income right away. Roofstock even connects you with vetted local property managers so you can separate investing from operations. Best of all, Roofstock certified properties, they're backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Roofstock property investing made simple. Here's what you do to tell them that we sent you Head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. I totally put a mom emphasis on that. Tell them we sent you. Stackybenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. And we're also presented by magnifymoney.com. You know, you're comparison shopping your way through the holiday season. Well, guess what? Why aren't you comparison shopping those tools that you use every day like checking accounts, debt consolidation accounts, your credit cards, whether you're playing the reward game, you have to have a loan for that new ride, whatever it might be, stackybedjamins.com forward slash magnify money. Let's head to magnify money right now and put in StackyBenjamins.com forward slash magnify money. And guess what? Interest rates on savings accounts right now, 1.5. So if you're yeah, earning your less than-
2: faster than mine over there.
0: Bam. The earning less than 1.5, <laughs> this side of the basement, so much faster. That's why I always skew the table this way. Two, 1.5, but really the key there looking at, at these interest rates, OG, isn't the 1.5. It's the number of them that are above one. There's a, there's a bunch above one. Uh, com forward slash magnify money to see all of those, whether you're getting your debt in order here in the holiday season or getting a better savings account, whatever it might be. Great show today, Gene Chatsky, OG, coming down to the basement. Woo-hoo. Yeah, and we're all stuck into Jamie Wise about social media Woo-hoo. today. What's what's the buzz going on? So uh, let's uh, kick it off though with some headlines.
3: Hello, darlings, and now it's time for your favorite part of the show: our stacking Benjamin's headlines.
2: What is Doug wearing, by the way? <laughs> is that, that I mean, does he? Is there a competition for the?
0: I love how he's been getting compliments about his ugly Christmas sweater
2: <laughs> is that not it It's just a normal sweater that he bought in September you see him he was huh?
0: wearing that in October yeah that's totally yeah. not but uh, man too bad uh, yeah red and green looks good on a guy it's a great color
1: yeah, it's a great color. <laughs> hey our Colors. first
0: yeah our first headline comes to us from Yahoo Finance and actually our friend Scott on our close Facebook group the basement. Uh, StackyBenjamins.com forward slash the basement if you want to join us there. Alerted us to this one and really need to talk about this because especially some of the things I've seen online lately. Here's the deal: this is by Tanza Laudenbach. The richest people in the world pay everyone from nannies to chefs to keep their household running smoothly, and it can cost millions of dollars a year. Tell it, me about it. It's <laughs> it says. Whether you run a company or a household, time is often your most valuable resource for those who can afford to. Hiring help from assistants to nannies to chauffeurs can make life a lot easier. Business Insider spoke with David Yodavin, the founder and CEO of Hire Society, a recruitment firm that helps high net worth individuals and families in New York City, the Hamptons and Palm Beach staff their homes and businesses. Quote, the vast majority of our clients are the 0.01%. They have multiple homes, domestic aircraft, and several members of domestic staff, said Yodavin, who worked as a butler and estate manager for a billionaire family before founding Higher Society in 2012. I don't want to dwell on this uh, .01 because they go over what these people make and how much it costs them. The big point for me is recently I was on another forum, OG, and they were talking about hiring financial help. I saw person after person say, no, you shouldn't hire financial help. You, you should do it yourself. And I thought, okay, you 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 can do that. You You can do that. The smartest people I worked with when I was, and my best clients, by the way, were clients that could clearly do it themselves, but valued the fact, number one, you had a second opinion in the corner that didn't agree with yours which I think is important. And I think that w- a lot of wealthy people get that. And then the number two piece was that you can, just
2: had their time back
0: was that you can't be everywhere. Yeah. So w- what I wanted to, and you know, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to be the guy in the room, you know, in somebody else's forum going, well, you know, and causing trouble over there. Somebody cause it over here. In your own forum, but the but the the wealthiest people I worked with had help, and people I saw that were on their way to becoming wealthy, they they couldn't have the same level of help as people that were uber rich, but what they could do is say, okay, grocery delivery, depending on where you live, might be a little more expensive than going and doing it yourself, but that hour and a half that I save, I can use that money to. 50 X the amount that I'm paying extra on groceries to have them delivered.
2: Well, sometimes it's that linear and then sometimes it's not right. So using your grocery example, it might save you an hour of time, but that's an hour that you can spend with your family or that's an hour that you can spend with your friends or reading a book or doing something that from a utility standpoint, to borrow some phrase from economics class provides you greater satisfaction and greater utility you know, an hour of downtime sometimes gives you a lot more energy to be productive, right? And if you have to just go from one thing to the next, you can get run down. What, what What's the effect of running at 16 hours a day? Well, the effect is you can get sick, not operate at high efficiency, you know, and if you're an entrepreneur or if you're high produced, you know, high income producing person or one that's aspiring to be, you have to like focus all of your energy on the thing that drives your success and try to get rid of as many distractions as possible.
0: It's funny, Laura Vanderkam, who's been on the show a couple of times, she is somebody who studies time management and how successful people manage their time. She talks about how you only have so much energy during the day, so do those tasks at the beginning of the day that are going to require the most psychic energy, because really successful people see that as a depreciating asset, right? As the day goes on, a depleting asset, not depreciating asset and so it goes away. I think it's, I think it's the same thing with just energy overall. If I'm spending my time to your point, if I'm spending all my time working on these little things that I can delegate to somebody else, I don't want to do that. But I know there's a lot of people listening to the show going, you know what? I just can't afford.
2: I'd love to have a chef.
0: Yes. But I just can't (laughs) afford to hand that off so I can go read a book. I think to those people, I say, look at that one task that will allow you the time to focus on making more money? I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I think the very first thing we should do is focus on that task that allows us to make more money right now and then build in some of the shock exorbit time that you're talking about.
2: Well, you can do this in any sort of forum. It doesn't have to be leisure activities. Think about the work that you do, even if you do work for other people, right? Even if you're an employee, there's things that you do in your job that you enjoy doing. There's things that you do because you just do them and they don't provide any joy or resentment. And then there's stuff in your job that you absolutely hate. Think about the energy drain that the things that you do that you hate is and see about saying, well, if I can eliminate just a little bit of this, this quarter or this year, and so I can spend more time doing the things that i like that I'm really good at that provides value for my firm, whether it's a firm that you own or somebody else, that's going to increase your productivity as well. It's going to help you make more money, get bigger bonuses and that sort of thing. I saw a thing on Twitter uh, a couple days ago. I think it was Paula Pant that put it out there, but not sure. And basically the summarization of this tweet was your employer expects you to negotiate with them, you know, for your salary, for your job, you know, that sort of thing. And if you're not, you're missing out. And I think this is a great area to negotiate as well is job responsibilities, right? If there's something that you don't like doing, that doesn't provide productivity for the firm and it doesn't provide productivity for you. And you can direct that energy at something else. Tell your boss, say, Hey, I'm not good at this. I don't really like it. This little section of the work that I do, but I know that Bob over there does. So how about Bob does all this work and I do all of Bob's work that he doesn't like. And you know, everybody makes more money. So
0: think about the uh, number of bosses that might value that feedback too. Oh my gosh.
2: I mean, the best ones are the ones that are constantly saying, right? Hey, what else? What else do I need to support you? What I told else?
0: mom. I told mom I don't like vacuuming. Have Doug do it.
2: Yeah, and she said I don't give a crap. I know. <laughs> that's between yeah. that's between you and Doug. The vacuuming <laughs> needs to get done.
0: That didn't go. That didn't go as well as I hoped. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. She's not that type well, of boss. We're on
2: delegation. This is uh, this is the key message I think out of this is try to try to find something that you can have somebody else. I mean, it could be even be something in your family, right? Like Mrs. Og does things that I don't like to do. I do things Mrs. OG doesn't like to
0: do, and it works. Talking about uh, coaches as well, I work out better if I have somebody – Uh, working out with me. So whenever I've had a personal trainer, I found that I work out well. Uh, I don't work out very well, dude, if I don't have a personal trainer. Like if I just have a gym membership and I'm going to go hit the machines, guess which machines never get hit? The ones that I was going to be on. So for me, having a personal trainer is great. But here's the thing, all personal trainers are not created equal. And so there's been times when I've had good personal trainers and I use them very well. I've had times when I have Bad personal trainer. I've actually had two of each. I didn't. When I got done with my personal trainer, you know what I didn't say? I didn't say what I hear all the time: personal trainers suck. It's a ripoff. You can work out yourself. Yeah, I can work out myself. Probably not going to do it. I also know that there was one personal trainer. I don't think they really knew what they were doing because <laughs> because I felt like I was going to get injured. And now I could have said personal trainers don't know what they're doing. They're a ripoff. That wasn't the message. The message was this personal trainer sucked. I need to get rid of that one and get a better one. And guess what? I did that. So I think what still didn't work, but I think yeah, yeah, still look at me. <laughs> <laughs> I got those one pack abs going. <laughs> <Gegerator> abs. <laughs> but but I think what I see my most successful clients did was that they had help in their corner, but they made sure it was always quality help, right? The wrong message I see non-successful people do is they go, I don't need a personal trainer. Uh, a Great article. Thanks to Scott, by the way, for sharing that with me. We'll link to it in our show notes at Stackybenjamins.com. And walking down the stairs, our social media correspondent, Jamie Wise from the Buzz Index. How are you, man? Happy holidays.
5: Happy holidays. How are you? It's great to be back here. I, I can't believe we're right in the middle of the holidays, not even at the beginning. <laughs> I this is, know. We're deep into it now. When did that happen?
0: I know. Just today's show and Friday's show, and then uh, the Fintern comes down here to finish off the year. Where did 2017 go, Jamie?
5: What a year. I, I mean, the list is long of things that we've learned. 2017, market rides up and down, social media continuing to explode. It's just been really a great ride and, and great being with you and, and the whole team of stackers along the way.
0: Amen, brother. Well, let, let's talk about this. Speaking of a great year, the Buzz Index had a great year. You guys had another great month in November.
5: Yeah, we did. November was a good month. We were up 2% for the month, which is always nice to be up. It was a month of underperformance for us uh, by just about 1% below the S&P. But that really followed six months of outperformance of the buzz index over the S&P, where we gained 14% to the S&P's nine. You're not going to outperform every single month, but uh, giving a little back is just fine when we're still up and still outperforming for the year. So feeling good about performance.
0: Well, the bigger thing about the performance for me, I mean, that's the, the end result. The thing that obviously you're here to talk about is some of the stuff that goes on and what the crowd thinks about it. So let's let's dig into how you created your performance. And I know last week Disney Fox deal was announced huge deal Jamie what does the crowd think about that deal
5: Isn't Bob Iger uh, just wonderful? Like when you think he's acquired the whole world, he doesn't stop and still finds value. The crowd was surprised by it. The crowd actually really likes it. And Fox was a name that we never had in the buzz index. So I don't think many people saw this coming or at least didn't anticipate that he would still continue to try and grow the company in that way. But once it's announced, Disney, of course, is a name that's in and out of our index. Often it was in our index going into the deal announcement. Good positive reaction. It's going to be staying in the index people really like it the the talk is positive Disney knows how to acquire companies. If it's one thing we've learned in Bob Iger's tenure, it's that they know how to acquire companies and extract value and grow those businesses far better than they could have on a standalone basis. I think people are expecting him to do the same with Fox. And of course, they're making Bob stay on, right? Another, what was it, four or five years? I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah. So the, I think that's what everyone recognizes, right? He is a master at this craft and sort of culturally bringing in businesses and growing them and looking for new ways of growing revenue out of those businesses. And I think that was a big selling point for Fox is that they wanted him to steward that leadership forward and the community likes it. They couldn't be happier that he's going to be in charge of this company for another five years. You know,
0: when people look at passive investing, they look at maybe something that's a growth play, looks at a value play. The thing I find fascinating when you're down here every month, Jamie, we'll mix it up. We'll talk about this deal that grows the Disney brand, clearly a growth play. On the other side, though, you've got uh, some news on grocers, it looks like. People are, are falling back in love with grocers now.
5: Yeah, and I hope people aren't tired of me saying, but it's really important when we talk about what we're able to capture and buzz. It's not just the really go-go, Yahoo, exciting stocks that are rallying nonstop. You get this combination of names, right? People are positive about stocks because of the good growth prospects or because they've fallen too far. They're deep value plays, they're mispriced, they're low earnings multiples. That's what we saw happening in the grocers, right? So Amazon takes over Whole Foods. That means, you know, the pundits all get on TV and say, this is the death of grocers as we know it. No one will be able to compete with Amazon and the Kroger's and Costco's and Walmart all take a hit off of that. But of course it turns out that there was some overreaction there and the crowd gets online and starts talking and debating about that. You know, is this the end of Kroger and Costco as we know it will Amazon can, of course the answer was no. And people started recognizing those stocks as value plays sentiment was positive. They popped into our index and they just crushed it last quarter and last month right kroger was up 25% costco 14 walmart almost 12 so really good performance from the from the community recognizing that those stocks were just hit too far
0: this wasn't on our agenda to talk about but there was also some news out of target has target been in the index at all
5: Target has been in and out of the index. It's, you know, a name that gets lumped into that group, right? Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, right? So, you know, is it going to be the end of Target because of Amazon? I think every retail to, retailer to some extent has to rationalize their existence in a new right. Amazon-driven economy. Target's going to be no different.
0: Well, let's talk about you and I have talked about Valiant in the past and uh, more news out of them that it seems like the crowd liked.
5: What a name this is, Valiant, right? Where really, again, if you remember when we first started talking about it, Valiant was never really followed in a real positive way by the broad community, all the way even during its huge run of the heyday. And then even when it rolled over and that stock went from 200 to 30, no one cared. And then they started caring once it hit 30 and below. And so again, this is the value debate around this company. This is people debating amongst themselves the debt burden relative to the you know trades at like a four times earnings multiple and still generates positive cash flow. So which of those things are going to win overall? And and I think the the view of the community, which is really contrarian to a lot of the so-called experts out there who say that the company will be crushed under this debt burden, started to become positive. And we were in the name and out of the name. And of course, Valiant had a tough time and traded down, I think, even to the single digits. But I think the momentum story starting to change. Valiant came back into the index in November, top weight in the index, which is wow. actually a surprising move wow. for Valiant to come in at that high of a weight. Yeah. The stock's been up 17% since we went into the index. It just went through $20 a share. People are, you know, I think the market is starting to recognize there is some value in that cash flow in the earnings stream. A lot of the bears have just been flushed out of the name still a positive story. So that one is not over yet. Stay tuned on Valiant. I think the crowd is going to be proven correct at the end of the day. Certainly and, they have been over the last month. Right. As, as you know, Jean Chatsky upstairs
0: talking to mom right now, she's going to be talking to us uh, in just a few minutes about what the big ideas were in 2017 that we should have learned from. I'm curious when it comes to social, Jamie, uh, this is our last get together with you and I this year. What can we learn from
5: 2017 about social? I'm calling 2017, really a tipping point year for social and the growth of social. I think it's the year where we all finally, collectively, online, have agreed that we should throw the experts out the window, (laughs) right? Really. I mean, just think of all the predictions of the experts on TV this year, or even going into the 2017, right? Starting with the election, every expert got that one wrong. And then every expert said that once Trump was elected, the economy would roll over. He's not going to make sense. He's To you know, extreme and all the measures. We've had a terrific year in the stock market. We've had a wonderful year of earnings growth, of revenue growth, which we've all been looking for for so long. So this isn't even engineered earnings growth. It's been a great year. So I think what we found and I think what more and more people are finding is turn off the tv and get on social communities because that's really where we can get some insights that matter where people can talk honestly where they can really share the views and where you can get value from those views and i think that's a big tipping point year for 2017 and uh, everyone's going to look back at this year and the experts on TV and going forward with a much different perception of what they had of those people in the past.
0: And let's talk just uh, briefly here at the end about the Buzz Index. If people want more, we've set up a link, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash B U Z Z. The index itself trades under ticker symbol B U Z. And uh, I like getting your buzz flashes, man. I mean, it's it's funny when stuff happens, uh, you're right on it. And I also get the reallocation every month so I can kind of see under the hood about what you guys are doing, Jamie.
5: Yeah, that's a big part. Go absolutely follow that link. Go, or go to straight to buzzindexes.com. There's lots of ways to sign up for the flash in the updates. We like to talk about not just what's happening with the index, but even names that, you know, just might be relevant in the news, things that are happening in between the monthly rebalances. Square is one that we focused on a lot. Uh, so go to our website. You can see all the old flash updates. You'll get them delivered straight to your inbox when we post them. We don't bombard your inbox. So you'll get, you know, one, maybe two a week at most, but there'll always be an interesting topic and uh you know really enjoyed being here 2017 2018 my goodness it's gonna be another great year i can't wait for it
0: here we come i gotta do my little disclaimer which is that i own the buzz index doesn't make it right for you but i have to tell everybody that before you go jamie wise happy holidays man and we'll see you on the other side
5: all the best safe happy holiday season look forward to seeing you on 2018 edition big thanks to
0: jamie wise for stopping by the basement you know, I think the lessons here, O.G. Number one, are social media. Man, pay attention to that uh, when you're when you're investing, especially if you're looking at individual positions, because the wisdom of the crowd's right a lot of 2017. Don't get me wrong; I think it's easy, like Jamie and I were saying, to have a good year in 2017. But look at look at the social buzz versus just the S and P in general. Yep. And the second lesson is uh, just want to do everything yourself. If you're going to only rely on your two hands, you know how fast you can go? Only as fast as those two hands. It goes faster when you have more hands working on the job. Very excited that she's back for, I think, maybe her fourth appearance on this show, OG. Jean Chatsky is the Today Show Money editor. Mm-hmm. She, of course, is a uh, multiple-time best-selling author. Jean runs a fantastic website, JeanChatsky.com. She's counseled so many people on their uh, finances, their financial planning. If you don't know much about Jean, uh, I'll tell you this: she was one of the people who started this crazy magazine called Smart Money Magazine. Of course. Jean has appeared on Oprah, live with Regis and Kelly, The View. Uh, she's written for Parents 17. Who hasn't Jean Chatsky written for? Like, I think if, if Jean says, hey, uh, I'll write for your publication, who's going to say no? That would be foolish. That, that would be very foolish. And so we were very honored when we said, hey, will you help us wind down 2017 with one of our favorite segments, which is what should we have learned? And Jean Chatsky's here to tell you. Using the events of 2017, what should we learn from all those things that happened this year? Gene Chatsky coming down to the basement. And coming down to celebrate the end of 2017 with us, Gene Chatsky, how are you?
3: I am good. How are you?
0: I am fantastic. 2017, what a
3: year, huh? Oh my goodness. Yes. What a year and a year of unexpected things, I think, is is the way it's been feeling for me and in so many different ways. What do you mean? I just mean every day I feel like I woke up, looked at the news, and it wasn't what I anticipated. I mean, my year started actually a year ago at the election time my husband and I had taken a trip abroad. We were flying back from Amsterdam. We had voted, you know, in in absentee ballots. Like most people, I would say, in the country, we were expecting to get on the plane as the votes were starting to come in and wake up to see Hillary Clinton as president. We woke up sort of in the middle of the night on the plane and started through Wi-Fi to get the sense that things were not moving in that direction, stayed up, you know, did not sleep. And it's been a year. It
0: has. It has totally been a year. You're right. And not as you expected. The other thing we didn't expect this year was the stock market seemed to, for the most of the year, just seemed to plod along going up and up and up.
3: It has. In fact, you asked me to come up with five different events of the year that I wanted to talk about and what we needed to do in reaction to them. And that's one of them. I mean, that for me is absolutely one of them.
0: Well, I don't want to prelude uh, because I'd like to do these kind of David Letterman style. I don't know if you have them, David Letterman style, Gene. I didn't ask you that much, but, (laughs) but let's go through these five big events in financial planning for 2017 and really what we should have learned. What's our number five?
3: Well, let's start with that one since you've already given it away.
0: Deal. Spoiler. Sorry.
3: Yeah, the markets. I mean, if you look back even further, it's been this continuous up, 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 up. And the reaction to up, 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 up in general is to make us feel like we are all brilliant investors, that we can't do any wrong. And if you look back to 2008, 2009, at the time, right after that happened, I, I remember having a discussion with a guy named Jack Vander Hei, who is at EBRI, the um, Employee Benefits Research Institute. Mm-hmm. And in his work, he has access to this enormous database of 401k files, like 24 million accounts. After the market cratered, he took a look at how people had their assets allocated. And what he saw was that this huge swath of people who were very, very close to retirement had between 70 and 90 percent of their assets in stocks. Mm. Mm -hmm. And that was a position like this one. That was a time when, again, the markets, maybe they hadn't run up quite so fast, but they had really run up. Things were at 14,000, I think, at at the high before they went back down to about half that. The lesson that I took away from that was constant rebalancing. You need to know what your preferred asset allocation is going to be, how much you, and I'm (laughs) emphasizing these words on purpose, how much you should have in stocks and in bonds and in cash because of your age and your risk tolerance. And when those events, the big ones, college, retirement in your life are going to occur. And you need to be investing based on that. And if you're not doing that, if instead you're just going along with the flow because the flow happens to be so great, you're making a mistake. So I actually reached out to Jack about a week ago and said, have you looked at your database recently to see how people are Allocated, and he said that he's going to do it right after the end of the year. So I'll be checking in on that. But the message that I have taken away from this is you know, if you're not in an investment that does the rebalancing for you, if you're not in a target date fund or a managed portfolio you know, if you're not with a robo where things are are managed for you, you got to do this and, and you got to do it before the market corrects because the market is going to correct. And I don't know when, I mean, you might know when, but I don't know when, but it's going <laughs> to happen and you don't want to be caught with your pants down.
0: Well, and I was going to ask you two questions and I don't know which one scares me more, but these are two questions. Does it frighten you that there's so many articles lately talking about, well, I don't know, I guess even the last four years, we see them over and over and over. The market's about to go down, right? The market's about to go down. The markets about to go down. What do we do with those?
3: We file them away. Maybe the market's about to go down, but maybe the market's not about to go down. I think that the proper way to invest is proactively, not reactively. And and you just don't want to be reacting to the news, whether it's day-to-day news, whether it's economic news. You know, we can only control so much, right? We can control how we save, how much we save, and we control how much risk we take on, on a basic level, I, I, I don't exactly know what we do with those except try not to pay too much attention.
0: Then my second question is, it was about this time in 2008, the market was really nearing its low. When I think about that, I think about there are financial advisors out there, Gene, that have now nine years of experience. They could almost look you in the eye and say, they have a decade's worth of experience and they've never seen a big down market. Is that worrisome?
3: It is. I think it's very worrisome. And the answer, the questions that you need to be asking these advisors is, you know, how are you managing for the correction? How are you counseling your clients? How are you talking to them about the fact that this is not always going to last? And, you know, not taking credit for, Brilliance in this scenario because nobody's been brilliant, everybody's just been along for the ride.
0: Oh, I've been brilliant, Gene.
3: Oh, okay. Well, nobody (laughs) but you has been brilliant,
0: right? Uh, that's a big one. I don't know how how do you follow that up? What else do you have for 2017? Things we should have learned from?
3: I've got good ones, baby. (laughs) Of course, Um, you do. (laughs) So, let's talk about the hurricanes and the fires. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, it it seems like natural disasters are coming along faster and more frequently than ever before. I I took a look at the pace of natural disasters a couple of years back because I suspected that they were happening more often, and indeed, they are happening more often. The lesson that we take away from that is you've got to make sure that you've organized your life so that... A disaster, whether it's a a big national one or a more personal one, like a death in the family or an illness, can't take this financial life that you've built away from you. Right. And that means doing some auditing of everything from your emergency fund, which is your insurance against a small financial disaster, to your portfolio of insurances, right? Do you, do you have enough life insurance for the people who are depending on your income? I I mean, I think if you think about life insurance as income insurance, all of a sudden it starts to make sense. Have you thought about disability insurance? What about, what are you doing about health insurance? And and we're going to come back to that one in a second. And when it comes to even homeowner's insurance, by the way, you know, we've seen real estate prices go up. Have you adjusted your coverage in light of that to make sure that you would have enough to actually rebuild the place that you're living if you were taken down in in a fire? And then on a bigger level, what about your estate plan? Do you even have one? Do you have a will? Do you have documents in place that would let other people... Take care of your finances and your health matters for you if you weren't able to do it for yourself. You know, most people in this country don't like to think about those things. As a result, the statistics on the number of Americans who have wills is dismal. But it's really, really important. And I think the end of the year when you're gathering with family, when you probably have a couple of days off where you could talk to your spouse if you have one, maybe you could talk to your older parents about what they've got in place is a good time to do this.
0: I love this approach because I think a lot of people think about insurance or to your point, maybe choose not to think about insurance. But in their head, it's an insurance discussion. And you're talking about something broader, which is really having a risk management discussion.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A risk management discussion for your life. And you've got to bring your parents into the discussion, right? Older parents often were raised at a time when they didn't talk about this. It wasn't polite to talk about this. They're not comfortable talking about this. And so you may have to lead them into the conversation.
0: Boy, and that's, uh, that is so difficult to do sometimes. I know my parents really don't like to talk about money gene and when I bring it up, I feel like it takes me 20 minutes to get the ice broken, but it's so, so worth it.
3: Yeah, it's so yeah. worth it. And the more often you do it, the easier it gets. You know, I came out of journalism. I have a reporting background. That's that's my history. And as journalists, we learn you give a little to get a little. And so that's sort of how I think you can approach this with your parents. You know, give a little about what you're doing in your own life to take care of your spouse your kids your responsibilities and use that to get into what they're doing or what they have done
0: well that is certainly a big one the hurricanes the fires the natural disasters uh, i love this approach to looking at risk management because of the things that happened in 2017 what's next i feel like there's something new and exciting around every corner here gene
3: Gosh, I hope so. I'm going to I'm trying to figure out which one to give you next so that I can save the best one for last. But let's let's talk about Equifax.
0: Oh yeah. Boy, did, did something happen to Equifax? I didn't hear anything about that. You
3: know, I think I think a few months back Equifax had a little huh. problem.
0: Really? I, it,
3: a little problem, a glitch.
0: I remember reading a story about Experian and about how for a few days, Experian had on their, you know, when you called into Experian, the very first thing they said is, just to let you know, we're not Equifax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not a laughing matter, man. This was tough.
3: This was really, really tough. And it was frustrating in the aftermath for people who tried to do the right thing and freeze their credit and found that the lines were very, very locked up and they had to you know, try two and three times to do it. My credit is frozen. My children's credit is frozen. My parents' credit is frozen. Freeze your credit. Yes, you will have to unfreeze your credit if you decide that you're gonna go out and buy a car or apply for a credit card. It's worth it. Because for anybody who has not either been through or been told in the first person the experience of having to unwind full-blown identity theft, it can be hugely cumbersome, costly, time-consuming. It's just awful. And this is a far better, cheaper way to go about it. And it's a really good precaution because if you actually freeze your credit, you got to do it with each of the three major credit bureaus individually. You may want to do it with ANOVA, the smaller fourth one as well. If you freeze it, then no identity thief is going to be able to gather pieces of information on you and use those pieces of information to apply for a loan in your name or a job in your name so anything where credit would be checked.
0: When it comes to fintech, we've seen all kinds of areas where these these fintech companies, whether they're in Austin, Silicon Valley, New York, wherever, that they're going into these areas that need to be disrupted. I feel like this freezing your credit gene seems a little bit cumbersome. Have you seen any fintech companies starting to make that process any
3: easier? No, I haven't. Not off the top of my head. I mean, I've seen, you know, there's a lot of identity protection services out yeah. there. But I, I haven't seen anything directly hitting it at freezing your credit. Is that your next business? <laughs> Maybe
0: it's our next business. Maybe we there want a, a, a joint there venture. You know. But I do think that that could be a lot easier process than it is.
3: Yeah, I think it could definitely be streamlined. I mean, it would be nice if you could just do it once. Right. 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 Yeah. If there was one way to, to freeze it and unfreeze it where you didn't have to pay a fee each time, that would be nice. But. For now, it's not so bad. I mean, I I froze my own credit. It took maybe 15 minutes. I mean, really, that's all it took.
0: So it's not the horror story that people think it is in their head.
3: No. No, no, no.
0: Awesome. Well, Equifax, certainly ugly as have been, it it seems like, store after store. I feel like, Gene, the Russians have my credit already, so who cares? No, I'm kidding.
3: Well, you know, they... (laughs) They may have it, but freezing it means that if the Russians are going to try to apply for, you know, newfangled visa with a lot of frequent flyer points, they're not going to be able to get it because the bureaus won't release the information. And that's what you want.
0: Or even a really expensive furry hat. They're not going to get it using my credit.
3: They are not going to get that if it has to be bought on credit.
0: (laughs) Absolutely not. You've got two left. Which one is number two?
3: Number 2 is the Warren Beatty Faye Dunaway moment at the Oscars
0: oh.
2: when
3: Moonlight was the winner and not La La Land.
0: That was one of my favorite moments of the year. I'm a big movie buff and uh man what a sh- what a shock and also what a what a change but what do you do with this financial planning wise? What do I learn from that moment?
3: That it's not always going to be what you think. I think you know we we try so hard to plot out this is when i'm going to buy a house this is when we're probably going to have a baby this is when we're going to retire this is when the kids are going to college this is when the kids are going to leave home well you know now we know that a huge number of adult kids move back home after college that We're not getting married at the ages that we thought we might. We're all doing it a little later. We're having kids a little later. A lot of retirements actually take people by surprise. I wrote a story for AARP about that. And a lot of them take people by surprise because either people are forced into retirement or they have to retire because they've got an older parent to take care of or the job just isn't there anymore or they get sick themselves things happen. And what I want to take away from this is that you can plan as much as you want to plan, but you also have to give yourself the ability to be a little facile by having more savings than you think. And by adjusting along the way, by having conversations with the people who matter to you about Okay, this didn't go as we thought it was going to go. So what do we do? How do we switch it up? And that could be a conversation with a financial advisor if you have one. You know, a lot of people don't do actual planning. Sitting down with somebody to say, "Okay, this didn't exactly go as we thought. Or what if we have to resort to plan B? Those can be really helpful exercises to go through.
0: Most people, I think, think that financial planning is like a one-time deal. And to your point, it's kind of more like flying a plane to Hawaii, I guess, where the pilot's making adjustments along the way.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And adjustments are scary. Sometimes they can be expensive. But, you know, it's sometimes also walking through the doors that open for you can be exciting, can lead you into new communities and jobs and businesses and introduce you to people that you never would have met. And, you know, it's not always a bad thing when things don't go as planned, but you need to be able to roll with it.
0: You're reminding me of David Allen, the guy who wrote uh, Getting Things Done, and about you really want to be like water and and i i don't know you talking about this says that when things happen like we accidentally announced that uh, la la land is the is the academy award winner for best Most motion picture 2017 you got to be able to flow with it
3: yeah and be gracious about it i mean could those la la land people have been more gracious
0: uh, it was it was a fantastic moment i mean really it was horrifying at first and it ended so well and <laughs> so well all right, we're up to the number one, and I've got goosebumps, Jean. Do we need a drum roll? Is that what we need?
3: No, I don't think so. All right. I, number one for me, and this one's really personal, was Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel and why we all need to put some effort into finding the best health insurance that we possibly can and not going without it, even if you are a 26-year-old who thinks that you're invincible. This was the moment of the year for me, because 23 years ago, I gave birth to a baby who had a congenital heart defect and required surgery at three weeks of age, and then again at a year, and then again in kindergarten. You know, he's 23 years old. He's awesome. He still has to see the cardiologist and occasionally have some adjustments, but If we hadn't had good health insurance at the time, it would have bankrupted us. Health insurance, yes, it's important when you need to see the doctor because you have a cold or the flu or a stomach bug or whatever. But it's really critical for when these sorts of things happen. And they happen all the time. One in 100 kids in this country has a congenital heart defect. Wow. We don't talk about it enough. We don't talk about it often, but for me, that was the moment of the year.
0: What's a good resource for people? Because I get this question fairly often, a good resource for people that are just starting off looking at and trying to compare health insurances, because it can be, as you know, Gina Minefield
3: yeah it absolutely can you know ehealth actually is a good resource they will try to sell you a policy that's the business that they're in sure. but they have they've got smart people there who look at what's happening in the landscape and and i've found that they've been really really helpful through the years your employer may be a really good resource you know if you've got an employer who's offering you a bunch of different policies or at least several choices Go to the benefits fair, talk to people about it, look at the information, read the descriptions. A lot of people never do that.
0: I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you in 2017, there was something awesome that happened with you all year long, which was of course the her money podcast, right? That, that was, that was a great part of 2017. There was one episode in particular where this guy helped you with the letters halfway through an episode. I thought that was probably the highlight of the whole year, Gene.
3: It it was for me. It was, (laughs) I have to tell you, it was for me. And we hope that, that he will deign to come back and do it with us again in 2018. Tell
0: everybody a little bit about the show because I love Her Money Matters. And I'm not a Her Money, I'm a His Money, but you go running with me fairly often.
3: Oh, thanks. So Her Money is an ongoing conversation about money for women, usually by women. We have fantastic guests, including you, on the show every single week, people like Ariana Huffington and Gretchen Rubin, and coming up soon, we've got Sheila Bear. We talk about life, but we talk about life through the window of money. So whether we're talking about making the most of your career or getting a leg up on your basic financial planning or dealing with the fact that human beings aren't always rational about money, or figuring out how to start a business that you've always wanted to start, and by the way, how to raise some money for it. We deal with all of those things, plus answer your questions and do a little news you can use.
0: Can we talk about anything else going on at jeanchatsky.com or any uh, upcoming stuff?
3: You know, one of the things that I only sort of come around to realize lately how much people like is our newsletter. We got a free newsletter. It's called This Week in Your Wallet. It talks about the important money stories that happened over the past week and what you need to do about them. So it's a quick hit. You can sign up at jeanchatsky.com. It's free. And lately, people are just telling me how much they love it. So I'm realizing that it's a good resource.
0: We'll link to that and to the podcast in our show notes at stackingbenjamins.com. Jean Chatsky, happy holidays to you and your family. And here's to a great 2018.
3: To you as well. Thank you for having me.
4: hey there trivia fans i'm joe's mom's neighbor doug back in the saddle again with today's trivia hey before we get into that though i gotta say a huge thanks to our engineer steve for covering for me while i was definitely not at the north pole helping santa get ready for the big day i mean that guy does not need any of my help at all that's just silly i don't like the movie elf don't drink lots of maple syrup only about four helpings a day and i've never been anywhere near the north pole except that one time in college which was totally by accident speaking of the north pole where i've most certainly never been let's share this random piece of trivia what creature that sounds almost mythical but isn't is known as the unicorn of the sea and makes its home in waters near the north pole i'll have your answer right after i finish singing at the top of my lungs in the other room
0: Raise your hand. Do you drive an extra five minutes in traffic to save just a few pennies at the gas pump? Well, when's the last time you spent five minutes trying to save on the big things like auto loans? Lucky for you, we brought in Nick Clements from Magnify Money with a few tips on saving money if you find yourself financing a car.
2: If you're buying a new car, there's really no better deal than the 0% financing that would be offered by the manufacturer. The issue really starts to happen if you don't qualify for the manufacturer's financing or you're buying a used car. And in those cases, I I think it's a very good idea to always shop online and get a low rate before you walk onto the lot. Uh, Chances are high that the dealer will beat it, but if you don't walk onto the lot with a low rate to begin with, you know you won't get the best deal.
0: Thanks, Nick. More than just auto loans, Magnify Money's the perfect spot for reviewing just how well or not your checking and savings accounts are performing. You might just decide to switch banks, and guess what? Why stick with just one bank at all when you can use MagnifyMoney.com to always find best-in-class stuff. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Average person saves $450 in interest when they go there. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money. Here's a question. What's keeping you away from investing in real estate? Over my career, I repeatedly hear that time, you know, the time it takes to find renters, property managers, and to fix problems and stress. What if you don't find a good property manager? What if you don't find a renter? Those are two of the biggest factors keeping people away from investing in real estate. We talked to Gary Beasley, CEO of Roofstock, about how the team at Roofstock are helping you
1: take back a good night's sleep. We have a big data science team that scours the country. We have a database of all 16 million rental homes, and we leverage that as well as our collective expertise in the industry to find great properties to get on our site. How's that for an advantage? Roofstock's online marketplace makes
0: it easier than ever to buy, sell, and own tenant-occupied investment properties in top rental markets across the country. You own the house, but Roofstock handles as much or as little of the headache-inducing issues that you've come to expect with renting. But that doesn't have to happen if you partner with the right team. Best of all, Roofstock Certified Properties are backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Check them out at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Roofstock.
4: Hey Trivia Nerds, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor Doug and of course I know zero about how absolutely cold the North Pole is this time of year because I absolutely have not been to the North Pole and this trivia question, totally random, here it is, what creature that sounds almost mythical but isn't is known as the unicorn of the sea and makes its home in waters near the North Pole? The answer? It's called a narwhal and they are so Gorgeous and elegant. These majestic creatures are unlike anything in the ocean, you know. Or, you know, so I've heard. People tell me things. I'm just listening. But I've never even seen them in person. But if I had seen them, I'd think they were pretty cool, just like Santa Claus does. Or, like he probably he would think they were cool. You know, I'm just guessing. It's not like I've ever been lucky enough to be out just exploring the tundra with him one day, and he happened to. But it just it never happened. All right, It, it never happened. All right, see ya.
2: I've never even heard that word.
0: What is what is that what, what is that uh, uh, phrase that isn't it Shakespeare that thou dost protest too much?
2: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess somebody's been uh, maybe up north. I don't know. Mm. Thanks a bunch for Gene. Santa's coming. <laughs> Thanks a bunch for Gene Chatsky coming down to the basement. And you know, this year, O. G. Like she said, so unpredictable. Stock market going straight up. Weird stuff happening at the Oscars. I mean, uh, uh, all of the natural disasters. Flexibility, I think, is the key to a good financial plan.
2: And constantly revisiting it.
0: Amen, brother. Hey, let's revisit the Haven Lifeline. How about that? And tackle some of life's. That was so bad. Or rather, life insurance is most important questions. Our friends Avon Haven Life Insurance Agency, they're disrupting the life insurance industry by focusing on those two things you value most.
2: Definitely delegation. And mom's Christmas cookies.
0: Oh, I had I had your second one. You value your birthday. Oh well, that's coming. Tomorrow's an OG's birthday. It is. Yes. Happy until happy pre-birthday, by the way. Thank you. And you know what birthday present I bought you?
2: This reminds me of that bit from uh, from Christmas Vacation.
0: Jelly of the Month Club.
2: No way better than that. There's a there's a hidden line in there with Uncle Lewis and Aunt Bethany. When Uncle Lewis says, Clark, we got you the, the greatest Christmas present, he says, well, you didn't have to get me anything, Uncle Lewis. And he goes, damn it, Bethany, he guessed it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love those. Well,
2: you didn't I, have to get me anything, Joe. Damn it, you guessed it.
0: <laughs> I got you something. I got you uh Haven Lifeline uh, note from Teddy in Brooklyn. How about that? Oh, all right.
5: Hi, guys. It's Teddy in Brooklyn. I have a question for you in in regards to an investment account. I have some money in an S&P 500 mutual fund. I'm thinking about taking that money out and putting it into an S&P 500 ETF for tax purposes. And I was wondering if you could uh, give me any information on this. Love the show. Also, say hi to Doug and mom for me.
0: Teddy, thanks for the note. We stay away from Doug as much as possible. So that's a that's a uh, that's a not what we call non-starter here, especially when we'll send him a
2: paper airplane
0: parading around in that sweater. But uh, nothing
2: else. We we,
0: we will say we'll say I don't even want that visual. That's not true. Number one. And I don't want that visual. But let's let's talk about let's talk about changing from an S&P 500 fund to an S&P 500 ETF. I get doing that. I don't understand the part about tax purposes.
2: Yeah, I don't know why you would do it. I don't see the benefit. If you've held it for any length of time, you're going to have some gains if it's in a regular investment account. And so you'd be swapping out something with a gain for another thing that's exactly the same thing. Arguably, maybe it's just a skosh less expensive, but uh, but it's effectively the same thing. An S&P 500 mutual fund and an S&P 500 ETF to look really similar on the insides. Yeah,
0: there's only two things I can think of. Actually, three. Number one is if he does have some built-in capital gains and he feels like he has the wherewithal to take those gains taxes now versus continue to defer them. You know, there have been some financial planning articles written about, okay, go ahead and make a switch and pay a little bit of your tax today, right? So that the tax later on, when maybe things are tighter, you don't do that. I'm not sure I... I, yeah, I don't know, I... I agree with that one. Uh, yeah. Not sure I agree with that, but I've seen that written. That's number one. Number two. Oh, well, in that case, number number two is well. I'm just trying to figure out what he's thinking, and that was the first thing. The second thing is, is that you know, exchange traded funds, as you know, OG, have these swaps uh, back and forth when they change positions, so that can eliminate some of the capital gains taxes whenever things in the S and P 500 get swapped out for other things. So an S and P 500 mutual fund. Will sometimes have to sell off some spots, especially if they've been held for a long time. For other ones, where an S and P 500 ETF, because of the way that tax rules work, isn't going to have that internal tax. Once again, not a huge, not a huge, huge thing there in terms of dividend. They both throw off, you know, whatever the whatever the dividend would be. And the third thing is, to your point, the ETF is less expensive. But we're comparing 03 to you know, point Oh four. Yeah.
2: Point Oh three to point Oh (laughs) four. The only, the the other thing is that an ETF is traded throughout the day, right? So you can have minute by minute pricing if you're trying to trade it, but a mutual fund, you know, is only going to price at the end of the day. So I don't know. I, I I don't see the, I don't see the necessity here. If you were going to diversify it into other positions, right? You wanted to buy some small companies or some international or whatever. Okay. That's cool. But just selling it for the sake of selling it and turning around and buying the exact same thing, I don't, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that you want to do that.
0: Well, specifically to his point, which was doing it for tax purposes, that's a part that I really don't understand. Um, yeah, yeah, I the agree. tax purposes part. So, uh, Teddy, if you want more help, uh, just shoot me another email, Joe at stackybenjamins uh, if you want to clarify that. But um, I, I did like us going through the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF. That was pretty good working our way through that one. Thanks for the note, Teddy. Uh, We also get letters down here in the basement. And Doug just brought down this one from Kate. Uh, Kate just wanted to say, hi, OG. I love these ones. It's a great way to finish off 2017 for you. Uh, Making it a little easy. Kate says, love the podcast. I particularly love OG's sarcastic responses. Remember the episode when a guy called in saying his wife just found out she's pregnant? The guy sounded absolutely miserable, and OG's response was priceless. I almost drove off the road because I was cracking up. Love your dark humor, OG. Don't go changing. Yeah, I was. I, I get to sit across the card table from him, and I pinch myself all the time, Kate. I, uh, <laughs> just can't believe that I get to hang out with... Uh,
2: can't believe that you've... Still continue to do this to yourself over and over and over again.
0: Starting in 2018, I guess we can announce this here. OG is going to be on the podcast a lot of the time, all three shows. Yeah, so yeah. unfortunately, everybody else, unfortunately, on one end, uh, Greg McFarlane has no longer been uh, blogging for a while. Those people that have been around the show know. And Greg uh, recently wrote us saying, you know what, I, I I can't do it. And I get it. His book is a little older now, and so he hasn't written a book recently. He no longer writes for Investopedia. He doesn't have a blog. It's really just hanging out with Greg. So Greg is uh, leaving the show, and uh, OG is going to be on Friday with Len and Paula. Ta-da! More work for yeah. you.
2: Nah, it's a labor of love. Double my salary.
0: <laughs> and with, with Paula and Len, uh, too. That's awfully tough, tough duty. All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. Thanks to everybody who left us a review of this year's podcast. Uh, Mom puts those on the fridge. Absolutely love some of the, speaking of sarcastic and funny, Kate, some of the sarcastic and funny reviews that we get of the Stacking Benjamin Show. Thanks for those. Also, if you're looking for better help in your corner next year, guess what? OG is taking new clients. So to find out what it would take to get him in your corner, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash letter O, letter G. Also, by the way, I almost forgot this. Congratulations to a sponsor of ours. This is amazing. M1 Finance. M1 Finance just announced they're going free, OG. You know how you used to be able to go to com forward slash M1 Finance and you get a year free? Going completely Robin Hood, going completely free. So congratulations to them yeah, on that. On that. Cool. Yeah, it's a big, big move getting out in front of that wave. So happy to hear that. And we're going to get Brian on the show to explain why they did that uh, very, very soon. All right. That's going to do it. Uh, Doug, what should we have learned today?
4: So what should you have learned today if you were actually paying attention and not dreaming of sugar plum fairies? First, if you're thinking about supersizing your life... Find experts to help you get ahead faster, or at the least, delegate to people who can take care of those tasks that keep you away from your unique talent. Second, take some advice from Gene Chatsky. There were lots of out-of-the-blue events in 2017, and I'd bet that flexibility is the name of the game for 2018, too. Keep a healthy cash reserve, your debt levels low, and your budget tight, and you'll rock 2018 like a narwhal. Something, But the big lesson, don't fall for Santa's pull-my-finger routine. But not not that he has one or that I'd even know if he has one or that I even know why Santa has to do with this special podcast. God, I don't know. What are we doing here, guys? Special thanks to Jean Chatsky for joining us today. Besides finding her on the Today Show, you can catch her podcast, Her Money, wherever you're listening to this show. You'll also find writing by Gene and others at GeneChatsky.com. Thanks also to Jamie Wise from the Buzz Index for stopping by the basement. The Buzz Index trades under ticker symbol BUZ. And for more Buzz Insights into the world of social media, head to StackingBenjamins.com forward slash BUZZ. When you're done messing around with us, who do you want to teach you some money tricks? That nerd who talks over your head or your favorite basement-based geeks? Kathleen Selmans operates our Stacking Benjamins classroom. And to make up for the fact that we don't teach you anything here on the show, she's created a whole lot of tools you'll absolutely love. Head to learn.stackingbenjamins.com for details. And use coupon code Rocks for 10% off. Yeah, you're welcome. This show was created by Joe Salcihi, produced by Richie Rutter reese and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast, or on our Facebook page. Shannon Cowan is our community manager and social media guru. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm pretty much the guy in charge of everything around here. Trust me, this well-oiled machine didn't get like this all by itself. The part of Joe's mom's neighbor Doug has been nominated for an Oscar.
0: Happy birthday tomorrow. Oh, thanks. What do yeah. you do on your on your birthday? Because you've got all these rituals that you do. You do nothing, don't you?
2: I got these rituals. What are you talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like you uh, you get a pedicure. And, oh, um, well, yeah, there's that. Yes. And you force uh, Mrs. O.G. To, to give you back rubs all day and serve you steak, right? Just like you do for her on her birthday.
2: Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, all, all, of the, all of that's true. And then there's an asterisk of... Not any of that,
0: true. <laughs> Except any of that, right? Uh, nope.
2: No idea what uh, what the plan is for the birthday. Maybe dinner, I suppose. Imagine we'll go out to dinner. Or maybe not. Who knows? I
0: don't know. You said last week that uh, if people knew a quote that I didn't know. That uh, you, they put their name in for a t-shirt. We had about 40,000 people. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. That's what I get for putting my
0: email on the internet. We had four, four people that reached out to me.
2: So the common quotes were a Napoleon Dynamite or a common movies. That's that's not right. It's not Napoleon Dynamite. It's Taken.
0: What was the What was the quote for people to? Oh, it was something of the
2: effect of you know I've got skills, many skills learned over a, developed over years of whatever, and I don't even remember in the context <laughs> we were <laughs> recording that. So all of a sudden I open my email. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Why do I got all these emails? I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I said email me this stuff. So uh, I have. Just for taking the time to write, that's cool. So, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, I better pull up the random number generator. 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31,
0: 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 37. So, please stop emailing me. All right. All Hi. Right. So, it'll be
2: um, 41. So um, And then. Um, I do like some of these ones that were like, uh, tell Joe he needs to get out of the basement and watch a few more action flicks.
0: <laughs> I really, you. I don't watch action. I don't watch action. No. Mad Damn. Max. Mad Max. And you don't watch Mad Max. People screaming at their device right now go, Mad Max isn't an action flick. That's a stupid.
2: Oh, gee, a little sad Joe didn't know. Taken. Maybe they'll revoke his movie pass. Maybe. love the show but I'm not sure if your' how oh, your lifetime of financial planning skills help in a kidnapping situation <laughs> maybe maybe you can trigger an audit of the Russian mob <laughs> thanks Sean I I have other skills besides that and I you know I have a previous life
0: before I was doing this you're talking about triggering audits of the Russian mob
2: I you know there's things that I know how to do
0: right hey Sean, just like um, Vladimir Putin. OG mm-hmm. on weekends likes to ride shirtless around on horses.
2: Yes. It's what he does. He's a centaur. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what that is? Like the human. Doesn't that what the picture look like? That's the first thing I thought of was like, Vladimir Putin's a centaur. Like I, half horse, half human. I, <laughs> and that, oh, <laughs> the old spice commercial. Do, 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 do.
0: <laughs> I'm on a horse. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: Nay! That's so, Give me some vodka.
0: That's so weird. All right. Uh, ready for this? So I put in 41, and this is at random.org, and it just came up with number 28. So count ahead, 28, 28 people. Well, one, that person's two, getting three, the...
2: Four, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15,
0: 21. What number did you say? 28. 25, 26, 27, 28. Bingo. Andy. Andy. So, if your name is Andy, write to me, Joe, at com. Yeah, I'm
2: just emailing right now. Don't don't write to Joe. I'm doing it.
0: Okay. So, congratulations to Andy. Good job. Fantastic. Yeah. Knowing the yeah, quote we'll that I didn't you know. Yeah, uh, we'll send you an email here. See, by yeah. the way, people dishing on me there, it's because of me and the fact that I didn't know it, that Andy won a t-shirt and that yeah. all these people had a shot for it. Had I known it, we would have just kept talking. You wouldn't even have had a shot. So... Yeah, Beware Merry what Christmas. you wish for. If I start watching Shirt. action Shirt. movies, T-shirt. no more shirts, right? If OG starts watching uh dramas, Shirtless. then uh um, then, then we have to sit around with Kleenex and change the name of the show.
2: <laughs> so we have this uh coffee maker that has the little grinder, you know, you pour the beans in the top, grinds <clears throat> makes a cup of coffee, right? Is that what it does? <clears throat> yeah, it's a little longer than that. It's like <clears throat> anyway. The yeah. uh Mrs. OG read on the internet, so it must be true that you're not supposed to put your coffee crowns down the sink. Oh. I don't see a problem with it. How is it any different than putting carrot peels down the st- Yeah, I mean, you just grind them up in the thing and off it goes into wherever the stuff that you throw out goes. Right. <laughs> in the sink. Just someone else's problem, right? It just well, is,
0: welcome it just to, to the OG Can't Be an Expert at Everything podcast.
2: It goes in the thing with the stuff and all. Everybody else's stuff
0: goes goes to the narmos. so
2: she. Uh, there's a filter, but it was kind of a, a reusable filter, you know. So you just kind of rinsed it out in the sink, threw it in the garbage disposal. The grounds, you know, make another cup of coffee. Ta-da. And so she got really ticked off about that. So she said, "We got to use the filters from now on." And I can tell you, in the last three weeks that we've had to do that, I have made no less than twelve cups of coffee without any filter. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it's fine because all that sediment is at the bottom and you're drinking your coffee and you're having, and you're like, what the hell?
0: No filter on your, I, I just can't. Yeah, what I, you? Just
2: for, I forget about it because for three years, I've never put a filter. Now I got to remember to put the filter in the little thing instead of the reusable filter. Yeah. Right? Cause I used to just rinse yeah. it out. No, I get it. I again, hit play. Yes. Okay, oh. make, make me some coffee clown.
0: And then you look like you've been chewing.
2: Yeah. Glory
1: days. <laughs>
0: He got these it's way back when. OG smiles and he's got coffee grounds all in his teeth. Yeah. Hey, how you doing?
2: Who wants to get a financial plan done? Ting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's going to cost you thirty yeah. basis points. Yeah. That's fun. Oh
2: goodness gracious! Well, are you guys doing anything for uh, Christmas? Kids guys,
0: coming uh, home. Traveling? My okay. Which, all of them or just one of them or? My son is already home. Right now. Oh, yes. okay. And uh, he's
2: completely done with the guy. He's like, I'm out of here.
0: Completely done. I think I've said this before. He goes to work in Seattle for a major company that won't be named, but they make Xboxes. They
2: <laughs> They <laughs> for major company. Although if you said a major company in Seattle, now that you could have two, you get, could pick between two.
0: Right. It, well, and this one not only pays better, but reportedly also treats their employees a lot better too. Uh, in terms of benefits. That's just, reported. I don't know that firsthand knowledge, but anyway, Sounders,
2: he's going to be a Sounders fan.
0: Probably. He he loves sports, but he told, he told this company when they asked him what day that uh, he wanted to start, he said like a quarter to never, he said, he said mid March. And his mom asked him, said, why, why did you say three months from now? You know how bored he's going to be three months from now, by the way.
2: Oh, he has no plans.
0: He has no plans between now and mid-March, except to go there and find an apartment. Animals, right? And yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know my kid, he's going to sleep the first two weeks, but he did. He, she said, why'd you tell him mid-March? And he just looked at her. Now, here's a kid who just did four and a half years of electrical engineering. And by the way, this graduation, tiny graduation, like we talked about on Monday, but he, but he looked at her and said, because I'm tired, mom.
2: <laughs> tired, Yeah. I get it.
0: I don't get it. I haven't lived it, but man, you know, you call. You're the,
2: like, wait till you wake up and you're 40 <laughs> or 50. Then, then we'll talk. And you do this stuff for the next 20 years.
0: I'm like, yeah, the life of a podcaster. Oh. Oh. Crazy hours. I, I totally get it. Engineers and podcasters. We got the same exact. Uh,
2: Cut from the same cloth.
0: Yes, right. Hmm.
2: Yeah, Seattle's a cool town. I wish that I could take the next two months off. What do you think about that? We should do that. Nothing will bad happen to the show.
0: No, no. no. What could go we'll put, wrong there? We'll
2: put Doug in charge, and uh, we'll just have him dole out his advice of whatever. It can be any type of advice.
0: What kind of, like a Miss Manor show? That's what Doug would be good at.
2: There you go. Yep, exactly. Right,
0: But how about you for the holidays?
2: Today, the 20th, I am getting back from New York. So I went to New York for a couple days uh, with my son. We do a little special trip the year that they turn 10. I keep on saying we do this like we've never done it. This will be the first thing, first time we're doing it. But it, but
0: I—it's the tradition. You're just beginning.
2: Yes, it is. Uh, the idea being special trip, one parent, you know, total bonding time. I've got eight years left before my kid gets out of the house, and so I might as well spend a little QT with him. So uh, so we did New York for a couple of days. Uh, I got the big birthday party tomorrow that um, apparently nobody's invited to. So going to be sparsely attended that was a joke and then um (laughs) it's not a joke that i actually it's pretty i don't think i'm having a party it's
0: a party with the xbox it's party speaking of xbox
2: party by myself and (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna sit in my office and drink
4: think about how lucky you are
0: think
2: about how lucky i am you and glass, your good- a glass of Lagavulin and a and a, uh, and a cigar.
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to say, well, that's upscale. I was thinking, you know, your friends, Jose and, uh, I don't know, Johnny or something.
2: Incredible. Yeah, no. Then my mom's coming to town Christmas night. Nice. Um, yeah, sure. And then we get rid of her. <laughs> we get rid of her.
0: <laughs> sometime around the 30th. <laughs> and she listens to the show. Hey, mom. Uh, and
2: then, uh, the kids go back to school and everything starts up again. So yeah, no, no plans. Just, uh, I, I plan on totally detoxing also. Well, not detoxing. That's, that's not fair to say. Toxing actually. <laughs>
0: Toxing. We're, uh, we're headed to the independence bowl. We're yes, going to go.
2: Yeah. So you do that kind we, of every
0: year ish. No, nah, we do it when we're home and we're never home. This year is, is only. Oh, well
2: last year, of course you had your Asia trip.
0: Yeah. Can I tell you about, did you know I went to Southeast Asia last yes. year? We, we so we did that, but uh, we're going to, we're going to do that. By the way, speaking in New York, I found out that I'm going to be speaking at an event called FinCon Masters. We'll have more of that for people that are interested. We're also going to have a meetup in New York City while I'm there. That's going to be in April. Just FYI. Yeah,
2: I saw that on Twitter and I was like, oh, cool. A trip to New York, but I guess.
0: It was PT asked me if I wanted to speak and I said, absolutely, I'll do it. So had he asked you to speak, OG, could have gotten on that train. He doesn't. He doesn't like me. He's He totally doesn't like you. I don't know. I don't blame to, him.
2: We are so- I, I wouldn't like you. either.
0: You can tell this is the last after show of the year because it is totally just potpourri. Hey, what's up, my Oh, butterflies. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. i um checked
0: out. <laughs> Done. All right. Well, congratulations. See you on the flip. On a great 2017 OG. Yeah, we'll see you next year. We'll see everybody back here. Everybody else back here on Friday. Stack more Benjamins. Bye-bye.